0: Hey guys, Montel here, and thanks so much for tuning in to this edition of Let's Be Blunt with Montel. And I'm really excited to talk about the next guy guest that I have today because, you know, in the last couple of years, and really honestly, from the beginning, let's go back for a while in cannabis. You know, for the last 20 years. When you hear politicians speak about cannabis, they always say, well, if there was more research done, we could really support this. But, you know, there's no research done. And when I hear things like that from people, it drives me absolutely nuts. Because according to normal, and if you've gotten this book before and they're going to look at it, according to normal, you know, the U.S. Government Repository for Peer Reviewed Scientific Research in recent years, this, this this volume discusses the fact that over the last 10 years, 15 years, there's been. Twenty thousand plus peer-reviewed published articles around the world talking about research in cannabis. Thirty-five hundred of which were published last year. That's in addition to the twenty thousand I'm talking about. So we're somewhere around thirty thousand published documents out there right now about cannabis. And unfortunately, the public doesn't know, and neither do politicians. Our politicians in the in the United States don't even know that you know our government funded research for 25 years before 2002, uh, allowing our government to issue itself a patent on certain cannabinoids. That's right, folks. Our government issues itself a patent on certain cannabinoids back in 2002. And if you were to read the patent and it's patent number 6630507, look it up and look up something called the abstract. You will see exactly what our government believes that cannabinoids cannabis can do. But they will turn around out of the other side of their face and lie and say there's no medical advocacy whatsoever for cannabis, which is a lie. When you look at 25,000, 30,000 peer-reviewed studied articles that are out right now on cannabis, that's more than any other single drug in the world. In the world. That's more published documents on cannabis than on alcohol. More published documents on cannabis than on opioids. It's ridiculous, and the research is continuing, and it's one of the stigmas that's been holding back the acceptance of cannabis, especially within the medical community, which is the lack of information they claim in a format that they are trained to receive, analyze, and utilize. Caninformatics is working to change that. My guest today has published 20 peer-reviewed scientific papers and holds 13 granted U.S. and international patents cited over 2,000 times. He received his Ph.D. in plant science from Tel Aviv University and completed his postdoctoral research at the University of California, Davis, and has conducted research at Technical University of Munich, Johns Innes Center, Norwich, CNRS, Bordeaux, the Lawrence Berkeley National Laboratories. He's currently the CEO of Caniformatics, Dr. Itzhak Kirk. Thank you so much for joining us today on Let's Be Blot with
1: Montel. Thank you for inviting me, and it's a pleasure to be here.
0: Absolutely, sir. No, thank you. I think you may be able to help, you know, inform my listeners and inform the world over the fact that there is more research that's been done on cannabis than I think it's any other individual compound in the world. Yet that research hasn't filtered down to the public. So let's start for a second. Before we get started and get into the research, let's talk a little bit about your background prior to becoming a CEO of Caniformatics. Where, where did you
1: start? Where are you from? The talk, yeah, you said you're from Israel, but where? Talk about it. Talk to me. So I'm a plant biochemist by training. And in the last about 15 years, I worked on the junction between plant and the uh, bacteria and algae in the on the junction between the compounds that those organisms make and the health benefits of those compounds. Uh, so I worked on vitamins, I worked on uh, polyunsaturated fatty acid, I worked on antioxidant, I always worked on this junction in the industry. And in 2017, right before legalization, I wanted to get into the cannabis world. Just understanding as a Plant biochemists understand that this is an... It, we have to think about it. It's an amazing plant. Unlike human, we can think about plants as an organism that cannot go. they stuck in the land. And when they stuck, they have to have all their arsenal with them. Now, cannabis is, is a weed. It's a world. It means that it generates a lot of molecules that helps him to survive, and we, as human, learned how to actually utilize those molecules and benefit from them. So that- we learned
0: how to utilize those molecules and benefit from them four thousand years ago, and we've been doing this for thousands of years. Most people don't even understand that. You know, you can go back and find cannabis in in pipes and in things that they are digging up out of the ground architecturally. Uh, or sorry, uh, not architecturally, but um, they're digging up out of the ground, and they have been finding. Cannabis has been used all over the world, China, the Middle East, Europe, Americas, South America. It's been utilized and been recognized for its medicinal benefits, and part of that has been because of somebody from your home country, Israel, Dr. Mishulam, who identified through money and funding that the U.S. government also helped to provide him with, identified something called the endocannabinoid system, which is that system that is inside of all mammals that isn't... The same, ex- identical to cannabis cannabinoids, but they are cannabinoids that we internally make ourselves that are antagonized by plant-based cannabis. Let's try to explain that a little bit so that people are, well, first off, but you, you didn't say, you said, was it just out of the blue that you got interested in it? Or did somebody walk into your office and say, hey, what do you think about this thing, cannabis? How did you really say, I'm going to start researching cannabis?
1: So... First of all, you're right. We have research for more than 5,000 years. It's not only in the recent years that we have uh, uh, research about uh, medical cannabis. And for me, the interest is uh, by understanding that there are, I felt that there are two major uh, issues with uh, with cannabis. Typically, we learn uh, coming from the biotech world, we learn about a molecule what it does based on its what it help how it helps to the plant so if a molecule in the plant a plant generate a molecule uh protected the plant from bacteria, we often can use it as antibacterial uh, agent as a human now, the biggest problem that you mentioned we don't have funding the basic funding. Uh, for academic research to understand what those molecules are actually doing in the plant. That's problem one. Problem two, you mentioned the endocannabinoid system, but we never drew a direct line from the cannabinoid endocannab- endocannabinoid system and a medical conditions. So, w- And even if we try to show it, the claim is that, well, cannabinoid make it worse, not better. And that's where I came. I, I felt that we have two arms that not connected, two questions that open, and there is no any research. And in order to take cannabis and medicalize it, we really need to understand how the cannabinoids work in our body. And when you make a, when you make it's a little bit long story, but to make it short, when you ma- when we make a medical drug, we have two factors that we actually looking at. A what the the drug does to the body and the second one what the body does to the drug so what the body does to the drugs that's what we call pharmacodynamics and that's what everybody look we're looking at THC in the in the blood how long it stays there what it does but we never looked at what the THC or CBD actually do to the body we don't have we don't have a system to quantify the impact of THC and CBD in the body. And, and I can ask you a question. When you try to uh, uh, explain or convince a person that is anti-cannabis, the positive impact that you, uh, uh, it helps you in a medical condition, how, how do you actually explain it other than a personal uh, Experience and how that person can replicate that uh, personal experience.
0: Well, I think I think you're, you're you're right in a lot. I mean, of course, you're right in a lot of ways. One, we have not done the appropriate amount of research. However, when I explain to people, I say that the research has been done. Far greater amount of research has been done than you even believe has been done. And this research was done thirty years ago. This research wasn't done today wasn't done yesterday. This was done 30 years ago. Done enough so that the U.S. government decided that they were going to patent and give themselves a patent on some of the cannabinoids without even understanding that individual cannabinoids interaction with the other cannabinoids. We haven't even researched the plan enough to understand how many true cannabinoids are in it. If you listen to people out of Canada, they'll tell you that there's over 160. If you listen to people in the United States, they'll say, well, there's 63. You listen to other people who say there's a hundred. So that right there is where I think it's hard sometimes when I try to explain to people that there is value in this. But I say, but all you have to do is look back in the history of man. Look back into man's history and understand that for over 5,000 years, they've been looking at one substance, this substance, and thinking that it has had benefit. And it has had benefit. Whether you can explain it or not, the benefit has been there. I can't explain to you the reason why it makes me feel better with my MS, but I know that it does. And it makes me feel far better than any of the other crap, synthetic things that I'm given. So therefore, I'm open to the fact that if we believe science If we even believe it in the slightest amount, we claim that there was a man who lived last century who was one of the smartest people who ever walked the planet. His name was Albert Einstein. And one of the things Albert Einstein said to all mankind was that for every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. So for everything that happens on this planet, there was a molecule created to be opposite that reaction, that action. And I think that cannabis was put here to literally be the antagonist to the things that are the opposite. So there are things in cannabis that can help you. But I say to them, but unfortunately, research hasn't been done enough to be able to identify exactly what you as an individual need to do because we don't, under, even though we've now identified what the endocannabinoid system is, there is claims that the endocannabinoid system is what helps make ourselves, uh, puts them in a homeostasis way, which means that we're in the Goldilocks zone. We're not too hot. We're not too cold. We're just right. But we haven't figured out exactly why it does that yet. But we do know that it helps those cells be just right. So therefore, if our cells are just right, they have the ability to fight off invasion inside of them. And if cannabis helps to fortify that, then why not use that? Why not try to use that? I think You were on, you nailed something in your question. Your question explains why the masses were so quick to believe the lies about cannabis rather than the truth because they were not given the truth first. It's like right now, if you said to a person, Well, you know, don't drink any water, water's bad for you. Water's bad for you. If you drink water, you'll die. What? There's not a human being on the planet would not look at you and go, are you crazy? I have to drink water. Unfortunately, before we allowed the United States to vilify cannabis worldwide, hemp worldwide, no one explained to the people on the planet that it was a valuable tool for our existence. They went ahead and vilified and said, oh, this is something the dark people do. This is something those people do that you should never do it because it's really bad for you. It's going to make whiter people do things crazy than they would have ever done. So they bought that. That's what they learned. So now we have to reteach them, teach the masses, not just the people who are the consumers, but the doctors who have been fed lies their whole lives. And now try to teach them the fact that there is information that supports cannabis use that goes back thousands of years, open up your eye and understand that when I talk to people, and I talk to them all the time. We say, well, you know, I think that cannabis thing is crazy. No, it's not crazy. I suggest to them what you want to do is start up. I just had a conversation with somebody about a week ago about the fact that number one, cannabis in plants is something that is there that helps to enforce I believe and helps to stimulate our own endocannabinoid system to help us reach that homeostasis point but we don't know exactly how much you need versus I need because I weigh 187 you weigh maybe one 190 or my 170 and you know, You've not used it all your life. I have used it for a lot of my life. So, therefore, there are certain things that are happening in my body that makes my endocannabinoid system different than yours. And as I journey with cannabinoids over the next 10 years, my body will become even more different than yours because I'm building up a resistance to, but I'm also building up an affinity to. My body is more apt to grab what it needs faster than yours would. We know for a fact that it's not about a single molecule, it's about an re- interaction between the multiple molecules that I may process differently than you. Unfortunately, because no one is spending the money to do the real research, the real research the way it should be done, and I'm talking about the in-depth research, It'll be another 10 years before we finally have some of the answers that will actually refute some of the false information. So that's, that's my approach. But I try to tell people that open your eyes. If you believe that this bacteria that grew in a Petri dish that turned into something called an antibiotic actually does stop infection, which we know it does, if you can believe that then why can't you believe that this plant can help in other ways too? And I think the more and more we educate, that's been, I think, the biggest downfall of our industry, of our movement. We fail to educate the masses. We fail to explain to the public exactly why this is something that's vital to them. And until we do, we're going to keep keep hitting our heads against walls and people are going to keep coming up with excuses to keep it banned. Stay with us. We'll be right back.
1: the red life i know this is going to become your new favorite podcast and i'm going to show you how to grow a profitable online company step by step every single week i don't know if that helps hey. yes i and i agree with you and it, it's a really a great introduction for what we're doing and i i like to talk a little bit about biomarkers and what are the biomarkers
0: I want you to talk about that. Doesn't matter. That was going to be my next exact question. What is cannabis responsive biomarker? What is that? Is that a term that you created, or is that a term that was created
1: before you, and you now have done research into it? What? What? Explain that to me. So, these this is a term that uh, we created. It's a uh, molecules in our body that actually change in response to cannabis, and the best the the way we we envision a cannabis medical cannabis treatment is very similar I would say to let's say a high cholesterol when a patient when when we do a blood test we actually look at cholesterol and if the cholesterol is a total cholesterol is about 200 milligram per deciliter uh, then the doctor can prescribe statins the doctor and then a patient takes the statins and then He actually, the doctor check again to see if the cholesterol level goes down. It goes down to a reference level that healthy people has, right? That's what we target. We want to bring it down and that's the treatment. Now, cholesterol is actually a biomarker for heart disease. We know that, like you said, we educated enough to know high cholesterol is a high risk for heart disease. So the doctor has a biomarker and has a reference what that biomarker needs to be in a healthy population. That's what we're missing. That's what we felt we're missing in the cannabis world. So in order to say, yes, cannabis works In our case, first study was with children with autism. We want to say, yes, cannabis works with children with autism. We look at those biomarkers. These are small molecules in our body, just like when we do a blood test. We do it in saliva. And we looked at those molecules at their level. At, healthy po- at typically developing children. So we set up the physiological range or what you refer to as the homeostasis range. So when those molecules are at this homeostasis range, it means that the endocannabinoid system functioning very well, that brings it to the homeostasis well state. When we look at children with autism, we find molecules that are outside this range before medical cannabis treatment. Once Can
0: I ask you this, a question okay, Let yes. me ask you one question right there. Is that when you're looking at this range, I do know enough to make myself dangerous, but you know, I know that the endocannabinoids that we create—one is called anandamide, another one is called 2-AG. I've read some recent research claiming say, suggesting that when it comes to the spectrum, the autistic spectrum, that it seems like those children are deficient in anandamide is that true or is that one of the markers that you look for
1: uh, so we find we found it uh, so we look at saliva not in blood uh, right. we found it it's su- some of the children not at all of the children uh, i believe that we have to remember and you're right anandamide and 2ag are uh, the immediate response of the endocannabinoid system so thc for example compete them, right? Those molecules don't last that long because they are transmitted. So they cannot be in the body. So we need a very specific condition to capture them. What we're looking is actually at the outcome. Gotcha. Cannabis responsive biomarker. We look at when we take any medical cannabis condition, uh, treatment, we look how the body responds to it. So the body makes different molecules and those different molecules need to be in a certain level. And uh, just like the cholesterol, cholesterol needs to be below 200. Now, if we have higher cholesterol, let's say 300, we need the treatment. The beauty is that your 300 and my 300 is the same 300. There's no subjective here. So we all same scale when it comes to cholesterol. That's exactly our biomarkers. Our biomarkers are indicator in saliva that tells you how well the endocannabinoid system functioning and they are equal, the the, the levels are on the same scale for everyone. So it tells my, my endocannabinoid system functioning, but it can tell you also how your endocannabinoid system functioning. Now, what we saw, and that was amazing, and I think that's where uh, we can uh, save a lot of your effort in convincing uh, uh, people that don't believe in medical cannabis, we found, uh, so the study we conducted were with children with autism, most of them treated by Dr. Bonnie Goldstein, which I believe was in your show a year ago. Absolutely. And and, and, uh, she's very dedicated to children with autism. So it was her patient with their agreement. We got, FDA approval for the study. Uh, And uh, what we look at those children is, and each, there were 15 children, each of them got different medical cannabis treatment, optimized by Dr. Goldstein. She knows that that helps them, but we don't have the numbers. And we look at their saliva, and for example, one child, we found 184 different molecules that respond to cannabis, that before the medical cannabis treatment were outside the physiological range. Once that child uh, take medical cannabis and the parents said that's the time that it really helped him, we measure again the saliva and saw that 94% of those molecules move to the physiological range, which means that right now, after this cannabis treatment, the endocannabinoid system of that child is actually functioning or optimized. Uh, and we can follow because we can take two hours later again saliva sample and see are those molecules still in the physiological range. And sure enough, after six hours, we can start see how those molecules go back up or down in the level. So that means that that's a time maybe to take another, uh, if the child doesn't go to sleep, maybe it's a time to take another treatment. Now we have to, to look at all the kids. Each kid has... Each child has different uh, treatment. But what the most important thing about those biomarkers that we found is that although children got different treatment, some got higher THC, some got only CBD, whatever works for them. Because autism, it's a spectrum. It's a multiple uh, disorder. Uh, So what was interesting, the most significant biomarkers that we found the molecules that change in all the children, or well, were molecules that actually known in the literature for years to be a problematic molecules in children with autism. We know that those molecules uh, actually involve in neuroinflammation. We know that those molecules in, uh, involve in uh, brain uh, protection from oxidative stress or mitochondria dysfunction, it's all known. But nobody ever showed that actually cannabis can fix it. So we were the first one. We we didn't invent any molecule. Those cannabis responsive biomarkers are known. Most of them are known molecule uh, uh, that have a different level in in children with autism. We just demonstrated that by treating by cannabis, it goes to the physiological range. So we draw the line directly, A, between a uh, the cannabinoid and the autism and improve of what we typically see symptoms that parents report and the parents report that symptom right but uh, uh, as uh, one of the doctors when i first gave presentation said oh finally no one can claim that this is placebo effect because we have numbers these numbers are absolute so I have those numbers, we can check anyone in saliva, say these are the numbers, this is the range, this is homeostasis, they're out of this range, they go back to the range. And, and, And that's how you start develop a scientific line that explain or take a personal experience to what we call mechanism of action and explain in detail in the body how molecule, THC, for example, or CBD or CBN work. And we actually show that CBD, THC, and CBN, we we still don't have enough data. But with the limited data that we have, we show actually that they're working on completely different biomarkers. These are completely different interaction. And as our database grow, we can actually correlate it even with behavior. Uh, and for example, we, we showed that there are biomarkers for aggression. It's a known molecule that when we see it in a high level, that person have high aggression. And we showed how cannabis actually reduce this uh, 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 molecule. The same with pain. There are known biomarkers for pain. We showed how they actually, by using cannabis, those biomarkers change and the child actually has less pain. So one of the outcome is actually show how it helps as the database grow. And we're a startup. We're still dependent on fundraising and we're trying to go to the next stage. But as it grows, we can actually demonstrate that. What we quickly can tell a patient that never used cannabis is if he's a good candidate for cannabis treatment, because if all those cannabis responsive biomarkers are out or some of them out, of the physiological range we can point out before even somebody try, yes, you're a good candidate to actually be treated by cannabis. The second thing, based on the combination of medical condition, we can start suggesting what a person needs. And for a patient, so that's another service that we want to offer. And the third one is for patients that actually using cannabis, tell him if that, a survey if he if his uh, regiment or his uh, cannabis treatment is optimized. Now we're mentioning that the endocannabinoid system it's a very dynamic system. So anxiety, for example, I believe that people with anxiety needs different treatment during weekdays or during weekends. You go to work, you get higher anxiety. Uh, so so there are different events that can change anxiety and like we said the endocannabinoid system it's on demand it's really response to lifestyle diet emotion it's 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 a very dynamic system and we can try to actually optimize or personalize the treatment for different day as long as we get saliva before and after so that's really the the idea most important Those biomarkers, we can look now on other medical condition and actually predict which medical condition would be benefit from a medical cannabis treatment. Because we see that in in a patient, for example, schizophrenia. Patient with schizophrenia, there are certain biomarkers that we know that cannabis can help to reduce or change those values. And patients with schizophrenia actually have high... uh, Levels of certain molecule, so they actually would be a good candidate for a uh, for medical cannabis treatment, not as people as the claim. Oh, you're gonna have schizophrenia because you're using uh, cannabis. Uh, the same with stroke recovery from stroke. So we can offer now. We can actually offer m- medical cannabis or create new qualifying condition of medical cannabis treatment.
0: I will tell you that I I. I Agree with you a million percent. It's not not ten percent, one hundred percent, a million percent. Because I have been on a journey with cannabis now for over twenty years, and on my journey, there are times that I have known that there are certain THC has helped me better than CBD. There are times that CBD has helped me better than THC. There are times when I've been able to literally flow through my day utilizing a higher THC or a lower THC, and a higher CBD and lower THC. I've been able to do this. Yeah, it may be anecdotal in a sense, but at the same time, I am literally riding this roller coaster of my endocannabinoid system, I think I've been doing, and I've been doing a pretty good job of it. Um, I suffered an extreme hemorrhagic stroke four and a half years ago. Um, uh, Doctors, I was treated at New York Presbyterian. The doctors there told me that you know, normally 50% of the people who have a stroke, the level that I had, which was a class three bleed, and um, and they, they, they couldn't exactly understand why, because I had never had high blood pressure, but uh, some of the doctors called it a transient event, whatever. Um, but I remember when I finally woke up, I, I literally, I was literally not even lucid for about the first four days. And then I tried, I started coming to, the first thing I did was I said to the doctor, look, I have made my own, I have been in the business of cannabis for a long time now, and I believe in the neuroprotective capability of cannabis. Can I utilize my own product that I've been making myself? And the doctor said, well, let's see it because we're not going to let you use any medications outside of this hospital. Give it to me. I said, let me send it down to our lab and let them look at it. If they think it's okay, I'll let you use it. I did so. And on day four, I started using my own CBD brand. Every day, Um, I I started consuming it at high levels, and you know, I don't know. I'm an anecdote. I get it, but my recovery has been nothing of less than miraculous by their standard. Um, So, and and I realized, you know, and by day thirty, when I started trying to put THC in it, it wasn't right for me. Something told me that right now, I don't know. Let's back off the THC a little bit. Let's do very, very low levels of THC, but let's go back to higher levels of CBD. And I stayed on higher levels of CBD for about 60 days. And then it was really kind of just the strangest thing in the world because it was like day 60, day 65. I went, yeah, I think I need to add a little bit of THC to this. So I add a little bit of THC to this. And guess what? I started feeling a little bit better, and then a little bit better then a little bit better. And now, you know, I feel like I'm back. Yeah, I still have, you know, maybe one or two, what I consider minor residual symptoms. However, I'm back and I've been back. And doctor, there's not one doctor that treated me that can explain why I'm capable of doing what I'm doing. But I believe very strongly that the CBD and the TH, the CBD and the cannabinoids are really what helped me. And I was using a broad spectrum, so primarily CBD product, but I really believe that that's what helped me recover as well as anything else I was doing.
1: Uh, and I think, I think you actually uh, talk about a point that I would like to quote uh, Dr. Bonnie Goldstein. She said mm-hmm. that one uh, presentation, one doctor told her uh, uh, that uh, observations need to be quantified in order to be science and i think that and obviously you have knowledge and attention to these details and discipline so you you conducted your own research and kept changing it over time to find what uh, what worked for you so you also have the experience but uh, and and if we can supplement that with data that says, here are those biomarkers. Here it how it works. We can make it general. So any patient that went through the stages that you, the, the, the medical condition, actually can replicate. Because even if the biomarkers are not that high or not that low, we actually can change a little bit the CBD, the THC, and help him to start with. And I think that's the beauty. We can actually make the, using our technology, we can, uh, it's still personalized, but we can make the the medication work for everybody because when we generate Lipitor or any other, it's supposed to help. The population, not a person, one, not a single person, because there is some kind of a mechanism of action to those cannabinoids. We that's what we're interested. We one, we actually looking at the mechanism of action of cannabinoids, so we can say exactly what CBD help, what would THC, web, CBN, CBG, etc. And the other thing that I think is very important, we're using cannabis almost as a probe to understand the underlying condition of those medical uh, conditions. We can say that with autism, here are the problem that leads or or, or what doesn't 100% work that leads to autism. This is the sequence of events that leads. We can say the same thing about PTSD, MS, ALS, because We already know that there are cannabis-responsive biomarkers in those medical conditions which are out of the physiological range. And in case of MS or PTSD, we have people that say, hey, it helped me. And we know that it helps. We just can quantify it and show everyone that it helps. You know, now I've, I've, I've got more questions asked,
0: but I want to make sure that people understand. Are you taking donations for research? Could you take donations, and if so, where would people go to give you a donation?
1: So we are. I mean, we are finished our friends and family, and it's a, it's a it's a journey. Now we we are looking for Sirius A, we're a company. We are about six months away. And one, $1.5 million from actually offering it, these services to begin with for any patient with autism. Uh, that's number one. And that money can help us to go to the next medical condition. We still did not decide because that's where we need the fund. And the fund will help us to develop the next medical condition. What any medical condition requires is about 150 patients that we need to, that already using medical cannabis, they well aware of what they're using and we need to sample them. Uh, that, that's what we need to go to the next stage. Once we have this 150 people, we can start working with them and optimizing their treatment. Once we know how to optimize, we can offer it to the public. So that's the stages. We are... That, that's where we are, that's in a way my disappointment because there is no federal funding uh, and there is no investment that's coming. Uh, I, I was positive, we published two papers. Those papers are right now at the 99th percentile, at the top uh, of papers ever published, uh, in. Su- it's uh, called attention, uh, attention score so we are at the highest attention score that any publication generates and yet and it's pure science and a biotech company and yet yeah we donation we would love to work with with the association uh, to develop our technology and to uh, provide answer the paper where do you, so where do they go They go to kinformatics Kin- correct kinformatics? Absolutely, canformatics.com, okay. uh, and there is a, a email directly to us. Uh, that's also why we published. We believe that you build trust by being transparent. And
0: hey, but, we, aren't you frustrated, Doctor? I say this. Aren't you frustrated with the fact that you have this peer-reviewed, published document that is at the 99 percentile? But I will tell you, I can ask two other doctors, and they'll say they don't know anything about it. I can ask three other doctors. They don't know anything about it. These are even doctors or people that are in this space. It's ridiculous that we don't have a mechanism by which we can
1: blast out your information at the loudest voice. Does that frustrate you? Very much, very much. And it's uh, about three years. Uh, I've been called oh the saliva guy. Uh, it, it, it's 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 uh, there's two things I believe. First, people don't want if they don't if they're anti-medical cannabis, it doesn't matter the data for them. It's not about science and 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 the, and the second the second thing is that uh, there is no history or, or I mean I mean it's frustrating because I'm coming from biotech world and if you ask any biotech company, they would say, of course that's the first thing you do. That's how you develop a, 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 a drug. That's how you develop medicine. So we need to take cannabis and think medicine. And we need to develop it the way we are. It's just there is no academic there is no academic funding. So it takes time me, and cost. I, I got to tell you that I think at the same time that you are
0: re-looking for funding for the academic research, we need to get a group of people together to understand that we need to fund public information education. It's unfortunate. When you look at the rest of the pharmaceutical world, Big Pharma knows that if they run 30 television ads every single day about a brand new drug, the people who see those ads don't even really understand the mechanisms or the research or the science behind it. They just hear the word and hear it makes me feel better. And then they walk into a doctor's office and say, what is this? And the doctor says he prescribes it and that's how they, they, they make their money and get their money in. In the cannabis industry, we don't have a mechanism as of yet to blast this information out at the loudest level. It's a cart before the horse, it's a chicken before the egg. I think that groups like yours, groups like mine, we need to come together to figure out how we, number one, start putting on seminars across the world to explain to people that here is something that works. I'll back it up with all this science. Look at the science right over here. But hear the word cannabis works. We're not doing that because if we did that, we would have an army of people out there demanding the relief that we know we can give them. But until we excite them, you're gonna have the naysayers. You're gonna have the people who are believing that water isn't good for you. You know what I'm saying? I mean, because we do know that water is good for you. Everybody knows that. They knew that through hundreds of years of education. We need to start educating people about cannabis to the fact that it's been here. It's been here so long. You know, I had a conversation with somebody uh, about a week and a half ago who said, well, they didn't use cannabis. For, marijuana wasn't around before the 1950s. What? You're like popping them upside the backside side of their head. Are you kidding me? The world was built on cannabis. The entire world. You know, you go back to the 1600s. It wasn't a sail or rope on any sailing ship that wasn't made from cannabis, from hemp. When we go back to the late 1600s, we know that the biologists of those days recognized that hemp was one of the highest protein-laden seeds on the planet. So people ate a hemp porridge. People were consuming hemp. They were sleeping on it. They were smoking it. They were inhaling it. They were using it, and they didn't even know what they were doing. We need to go back to being able to educate people, I believe. That's where this all starts. What's happened is we jumped up and had a product, and we said, oh, buy it,
1: buy it, buy it, buy it. We forgot to tell them why. Absolutely. And and uh, for us, it's, it's actually more frustrating because everything that we did is new. And we have enough material to publish two, probably two other paper, two additional paper. We just need to focus on a company and build a company. And we have so much data because it's new. Nobody ever looked at it and nobody ever published. But, but the second paper that we published, so the first paper was really about talking about the technology and explaining the, the advantage of the technology, what the capability of the technology. The second paper, we really target that pharmaceutical going to look at it. And understand that cannabis is a, 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 a medical; it, it, it's a medical treatment. So we can have the discussion. There is not a single doctor believing cannabis or does not believe in cannabis that I was able to that I wasn't able to convince with our data that it works. I have requests from three, four hospitals in Israel to work with them on PTSD, MS. Alzheimer and autism we just don't have the, the the capability as a startup right now in the funding we have here doctor.com and said we want to conduct research with you could you check other medical conditions if if cannabis can help new medical condition new neuropathic pains can does it help we just don't have the funding and we're fighting for funding
0: but doctor but doctor let me say something i and, and please believe this is not I'm not trying to act like I have the answers, but I'm trying to explain those hospitals in Israel, those doctors around the world who ask you for X, Y, and Z, say to them, will you give me enough money, give me just a small portion, a small donation, so that I can put together, let's say, a movie. I need to put together a documentary that I put in theaters around the world so that the in the public. Unfortunately, I think this is where the mechanisms behind biotech and and the mechanisms behind organizations like this don't understand how to get through to the public. The only reason why there are certain drugs in the marketplace is because pharma sold those drugs. To the public first, just in information. Let's go back to Viagra. Excuse me. They picked an old US senator and commercial after commercial after commercial after commercial all over the world saying, Fix something. Let me fix it. The public saw those commercials and went to the doctor and said, What's this Viagra? Now it's the biggest selling drug in the world. We need to do the same thing with cannabis. We need to educate the masses because the masses will demand of the industry to produce something made from this product. And until we do that, you're not even preaching to the choir. You're just blowing smoke because, you know, until Big Pharma recognizes the money that's there, they're not going to get on board. So I would suggest to you that, you know, next time you have a conversation with one of those hospitals in Israel, and I have visited Israel. I, I went to Israel and sat down in a laboratory with Dr. Mashulam, and filmed him. This was back 13 years ago. I've been to the Haifa Institute. I've, I've gone there and traveled and visited. But the next time a hospital says, well, doc, I'd love for you to come in and do this. Will you, uh, put me on a call with you. I'll come on there with you and I'll tell them, look, cough up $30,000 so that we can put that into a fund that we can put produce a really good documentary behind what the doctor is doing. You tell the public what you're doing, they're going to demand that the governments get out of the way and let this happen. But as long as they don't know about it, it's, yeah, I, I, that's, that's the way I feel about it. And so I've, been, I've been, been, been fighting here in the United States to launch what we call an OTT channel, a channel because in the United States on terrestrial television and in normal TV, we can't talk about cannabis. However, we can through this medium, through you know uh, uh, streaming services. So why not produce a program in streaming services and allow the public to look at it? If the public saw the number of patients that you were helping, it becomes irrefutable. It's no longer that anecdote of one. It's the answer to the question that here, look at this, folks. Here are biomarkers that we have now shown when it comes to autism and the spectrum disorder. Look at this. Here's 25 patients that we've looked at. Look at this had the people, the reason why cannabis is even being discussed worldwide is because of the silly little CNN specials that Dr. Sanjay Gupta did that didn't even really scratch the surface. But it was a conversation that America stopped for a second and said, huh? And all of a sudden, now we went from 18 states to 36 states plus, and we're going to get another four or five this year. The more the public knows, the more they will demand. And I know that we need the money to go into the research, but right now you've got the the nuggets. The nuggets are there. Now we need to tell the public that we got those nuggets. What happened the first time? Back in the mid-1800s, when a guy lied and said he found all this gold in a riverbed, started the U.S. gold rush, he lied. He didn't find that gold no riverbed. But the dude decided that he knew how to get Americans to come west and see if they could fulfill their dream just from a lied ad. Tell the public if you build it, they will come. So we got enough nuggets. We got to publicize them.
1: That's why I feel I'm sorry. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, well you're right. I mean, uh, we. we- we felt when, first of all, I had a comment before in, in, in one of the talks, and I said, everybody wants cannabis responsive biomarkers. Nobody is willing to pay. So that, that's in a way uh, what happened. And uh, we felt because of the issue with cannabis that as a company, we want to be, first of all, reliable. So we did not talk. Nobody heard about Kenformatics before we published. We we worked hard, We worked our way. We showed the science. We showed that we have a solid science. We have doctors, top doctors with cannabis, Doctor Bonnie Goldstein, Doctor Donald Abrams on our on our board, a politician, Honorable uh, Edward Fagan on our board, Doctor Maisha Taylor on our board, and and uh, we build it. The way we believe a company that making medical product needs to be. So we wanted it to be at the pharma grade, at the biotech grade, and go to the go to to tell our story. Uh, I hope that in ten years from now we'll be remembered at your show that that opened the door. I really hope that, and we'll give you the credit for mm-hmm. opening the door for us. But uh, I, I agree. We, we published 20, 50, 20, 20, twenty at the end of twenty twenty one, and that's a frustration because I was positive that uh, people would come to us and actually uh, offer paid uh, collaboration uh, with interest to develop. We, have, I mean, we're working with one Israeli company that got it quite quick because cannabinoid based companies who are interested to show that their product work better or superior to other medical cannabis treatment we can provide this answer because we can take the same patient and give him two different treatment and shows which biomarker each treatment uh, improve and which treatment is actually superior or we can tailor treatment. So it's not only patient, academic in in hospitals, even cannabinoid based company that manufacture medical cannabis can use our technology actually to generate a much better or improve a product. So it's all over. We're asking politicians, we can actually change the debate from show us the data to let's talk about the data in a scientific tool, in a pharmaceutical grade tool. We can, you know, uh, there, there are several medications for children with autism. None of them actually showed what those, medical, what those uh, drugs do to the body. We took cannabis ahead of any other pharmaceutical medical uh, treatment that children with autism get. We, we put cannabis ahead of all the, all the pharmaceutical drugs which are actually not designed autism. Autism is a secondary They, they work on reducing uh, uh, the, the, the uh, anxiety or, or, or lowering metabolism, but it's not directly uh, touching those uh, underlying conditions that we demonstrate that cannabis works. So we we one we help the patient but we also explain what are the underlying conditions for those medical condition and you can imagine that in the future those biomarkers can be used to say uh, how we can categorize different population with with uh, autism with ALS these are complex medical condition people are different in 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 the total uh i would say symptoms but there are common things to everyone that's why cannabis works for them
0: absolutely well you know my friend look i'm running out of time it has been just an absolute pleasure to talk to you today i want to have you back um at a future time i'd love to have you back and i gotta tell you synergistically i would love to work with you and your group to figure out how we can start i mean i i I think honestly it's it's going to take a dog and pony show. I mean it this way, meaning, you know, we gotta get to the masses. When the masses demand the truth, everybody listens. If the masses don't know, nobody cares because they don't think they can get money out of this. So I mean, there's got to be a way for us to put on you, me, Dr. Goldstein, several others get on the stage together and just start in one city and go to the next and the next and, the next, and 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 the next, to prove the efficaciousness of your theory and prove the fact that people have been misled. The second we do that, I think the paradigm changes. Again, give out the where
1: people should go if they want to help or get more information. So so please uh, go to conformatics.com, that's where uh, on our website there is uh, information about our study, information about uh, a option how to contact us and we can go from there. And we are happy to listen and work with any medical condition that they find funding and obviously investing in the company.
0: Absolutely. Well, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and read about it. And then as I talk and speak to people around the country, I'm going to keep bringing you up and bringing it up and bringing it up and telling them blue in the face because I want people to understand that contrary to the statements that are being made, there's not enough research out there. There's enough research out there. You've proven that. So now let's get on to the next one. Okay? That's what we have to do, Doc. Thank you so much for being a part of the show today. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to Let's Be Blunt with Montel. Thanks for joining me on Let's Be Blunt with Montel. Please make sure you're subscribed and hit the bell to be notified when new episodes post each week. We'd love to hear your feedback also, so please send us your comments. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows.